Welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast, where we'll hear stories from Washingtonians from their favorite food at Waltz or the CAF to favorite Tiger Tunes shows and professors. We'll also find out what they're up to outside of the famed Washita bubble. I'm your host, John Merriman, Washita's Director of Alumni Relations. Before we launch our first episode in just a couple of weeks, here's a short glimpse into the Tiger for Life podcast with a quick interview with alumna Monica Legans Harden, Washita's Associate Vice President for Graduate and Professional Studies. Monica, welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Glad you could join us. How are things in Lynchburg today? It is a beautiful day. Um, At least that's what the view out the window tells me. I have not been out of the house yet. Nice. What is the uh, COVID lockdown uh, status of Lynchburg? Are you sheltered in place or what's the the story? We are. Our governor has required the stay-at-home order until June 10th. Okay. And so we are here for the uh, foreseeable future. Um, we go to the grocery store occasionally and sometimes get takeout food, but that's about it. That's about it. All right. How's your How's your family navigating the stay-at-home life? Are you guys doing anything fun or creative to pass the time? You would think, right? Um, all these people talk about how bored they are, and we're still waiting for that to happen because we're very grateful that both of us do have jobs that transitioned to working from home. And so both Tad and I are working full-time from home, which means we still have full days. Um, our sons are 15 and 13, and they're very independent, which is helpful um, since we both have to work. Um, they have online schoolwork that they do independently. They both play the violin, so they both spend a lot of time practicing. And there's a lot of video game playing, though, I'll tell you. <laughs> Screen time rules have kind of uh, become uh, flexible, shall we say. Okay, I've been hearing that that's a, a thing. You kind of have to be flexible on those rules. Now, the kids are pretty good at violin, right? It's not like a screechy nightmare to be at home with it's them? It's not. It's quite lovely. They even started their own Instagram channel. Um out help from either of us, which is the best part, because because Tad is a musician. Um, but uh, so usually, if if they do something, he kind of is involved. But they did this all on their own. But they're they're looking for more repertoire now. But we'll see how it goes. They have one post. Nice. Do they have friends that play other instruments? Could they do one of those everybody on a screen playing different parts kind of thing? You know, that's a good idea. If they could. I don't know which, if any of them actually have the technical skills to do the editing, but I'm sure one of them does because all those kids are smarter than we are. So, um, maybe we should find a quartet, find a violist and a cellist and get them to work on it. Yeah, I see all these, you know, big choirs with all these hundred mm-hmm. people singing together. I think, how do you do that? But it must be a It's way. pretty impressive. Agreed. I know you're working on new graduate and professional studies programs. I'd love to hear more about this new ABA master's degree. Tell me, why is the ABA degree important and what kind of difference can people with that degree make in their fields? 
Sure. So ABA, now when I, again, when I started back in September of 2018, I actually had never even heard of ABA, but in the last couple of years, I've had kind of a crash course in it. I'm a historian by training, so this is, this is the historian's understanding of ABA. Um, so applied behavior analysis is a, um, a form of therapy for behavior modification, um, and it has widespread uses. Um, in all kinds of contexts, in schools, in nursing homes, in all, in all kinds of contexts. Um, but the reason that it has become such an in-demand field is because insurance companies have approved it as a therapy for autism. And so the demand is skyrocketing, and clinics can't keep up with the number of uh, kids who need therapy, especially in Arkansas. The waiting list can be up to two years long for a child to get this therapy. And so it makes a huge difference in the lives of the children and the families who get uh, the ABA therapy. It improves their quality of life. Most folks report that they, um, they can't do without it. And we're hearing that even during this lockdown, even when other therapies are perhaps being skipped, people aren't skipping their ABA therapy and they're figuring out how to, how to continue it. And so we see a lot of applications for it. A lot of it is in a clinical setting, but a lot of use for it can come in um, school settings as well. So we have a few teachers who are enrolling, which is going to be, we think, a really great benefit to public schools throughout Arkansas and our region. That's great. Um, let me shift gears a little bit to hear about your Washita story a little bit. Um, tell me how you heard about Washita initially. I always knew about Washita. Because my mother went to school there, as did my aunts. Um, and two of my aunt, my two aunts also married Washita guys. But even before that, it had been in my family because my grandmother went to school at Washita. And she graduated in the class of 1935, which is the class that, whose names are on the tiger. And so my grandmother's name is on the tiger. Um, her name is Ava Fish. So um, I've always known about Washington. My sister had started there two years before. It's the only college I applied to, and I never regretted that choice. Now, you were on the mission field, right, when you uh, became a student? Tell us about growing up on the mission field. So I grew up in Columbia. My parents were Southern Baptist missionaries. Um, it was a great experience. I know a lot of people have a lot of questions about what was Columbia like in the late 80s and early 90s. There were some tense moments, of course, but um, it was home, and it is a beautiful country with wonderful people, and it's experiences I wouldn't trade for anything that had a really uh, big impact on shaping who I am and how I approach problems and situations, um, and that, that experience has just been one piece of the puzzle of how I've ended up where I am today. When you were at Washita, um, what was there a professor or a staff member that made a distinct impact on you? Somebody who was inspiring to you during your time as a student? There are so many. It's really hard to choose. I think the the one I have to mention though is Tom Offenberg, and he's kind of legendary. We we lost him a few years ago, um, and that was of course devastating to so many people. But he. He made me love history. Again, I, told, I said I was a history major, and he, he had a way about him, the way that he engaged with students, the way that he 
related to us, the way that he taught was just something that you, that you felt connected with and you felt encouraged by. And he was, he was a big impact. A lot of staff members too, though. I, I worked in Combe Bottoms. And so I worked with Sharon Gaddis a lot. She's one of my favorite people. She works in the development office now. And she was, she was there for me, kind of an extra mom along the way, which was helpful. Tracy Knight, um, also a huge influence. Um, so I could mention my in-laws. They both work there, but that seems kind of, you know, I don't know. I love them, but, but maybe I shouldn't say that, you know, you use them as an example in this. But Phil and Shirley Harden, they're awesome. <laughs> of course, for sure. Legendary uh, Washington yeah. games there. Fun. Hey, I have uh, a thing called Fast Fave Fives. I'm going to ask you five, five questions about your time at Washtenaw and just answer off the cuff and want to see your, your thoughts of your favorite things at Washtenaw. Okay. All right. Okay. First I'm ready. You ready? All right. Favorite food at Waltz? Ham the cheeseburgers. To Saturday night cheeseburgers. Yeah. And the option on steak and shrimp night that wasn't relegated to the coupons. Right, right, yeah. right. Good choice. All okay, right. now, now I'm thinking though. See, the Rice Krispie treats were awfully good. There were days that was all I was eat. I would eat for lunch if they had Rice Krispie treats. That's all I would eat. Nice. Any yeah. other standouts? Tater tot casserole. Is that a oh fact? no, no, no! I think that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Favorite place on campus? I loved my dorm. I lived in OC Bailey, which now people look at and go, are you crazy? But I loved it because they were small halls. We knew everybody on our little hall really well. We did have hall baths, but that was great because that meant nobody had to clean them. There was somebody else who came and clean them. So I loved living there. It was great. I don't know if many people would say that OC Bailey is their <laughs> favorite place on campus. I'm kind of different. <laughs> All right. How about favorite Tiger Toon show? Scarecrows 1998 I have to say that I was never in a Tiger Toon show I was a hostess in 1997 but I wasn't in a club or anything and so I wasn't in a show but Tad directed the Scarecrow show in 1998 and so I have to say that's my favorite whether it's true or not (laughs) and am I remembering correctly that Shirley made some of those costumes yes Shirley helped them make those costumes yeah I think she got honorary little sis status or something from that (laughs) it did yeah she did. Awesome. To, to Tiger Toons, you know, his history, I don't know, myth, Tiger Toons' mythic history is that um, Shirley's idea of the scarecrow costumes in which the participants had different colors and so you had different blocks of color on stage was the first time that it happened and that that has been used as a theme since then, I understand, in various other shows. But, you know, that's just what I hear. Well, I've not heard that. So there's some Tiger Toons lore <laughs> for us. I like that. <laughs> Very good. Uh, favorite course. Was there one course that you just thought was your favorite during your time? England to 1603. Tom Offenberg. Yep. There it is. That's specific. <laughs> Very specific. It was a great class. And it was, it was him, but it was also, and everybody knows this, the makeup of your class. Some classes just gel and everyone really engages and participates 
in ways that doesn't happen in other classes. And that class was one of those where we had the great professor and the great combination of students that was just outstanding. It was great. Fun. Okay, one more. Just favorite Washtenaw memory. Is there a, a favorite memory, a favorite event? Some something that stands out as it was like the quintessential Washtenaw moment uh, in your time. I'm sure there's many, but is there one that stands? There out? are. There are a lot. Um, maybe a toky bit. Tad and I got engaged in a practice room. Um, <laughs> he was a piano major, spent a lot of time in practice rooms, and so a lot of times the only way that I would get to see him is if I took my books history major, had to read a lot. So I would sit in the floor of the practice room and read while he practiced because that was the only way I would get to see him. And so when he decided to propose, it was in a practice room. Nice. Was there anything special about the moment? Were there rose petals or candles or anything? Oh, no. (laughs) Well, he played played a piece that I was supposed to know because he's like, I played this at this point in time for this moment. And I was like, oh, it was pretty. <laughs> I was supposed to know what piece it was. He tells me it was Chopin something. It was beautiful. I'm sure it was. <laughs> it was lovely. But no, no rose petals. Was there a chance you would know it or were you just kind of like knocked off your name there? Like the name of the piece? Yeah. Like would you have known it or were I'm you doubtful. just Because it would have to be like prelude in whatever minor whatever that so i i don't know i can generally recognize composers but it i, I can't tend to remember you couldn't have chosen like theme from love story or something romantic right i don't think that that would not have met his standards <laughs> <laughs> very fun well we will wrap this up but i want to thank you for joining us today and uh Hope that you will stay well in Lynchburg and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening to the Tiger for Life podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you won't miss out on future episodes. Tigers for Tigers for